The following is a presentation made at the 2022 Transcending the Israel Lobby at Home and Abroad Conference held on March 4 at the National Press Club. Uh, we're going to get started with our next panel. And uh, the first speaker, uh, Paul Norsey, is co-president of the Virginia Coalition for Human Rights. Um, the other president, who uh, is also you know, a magnificent leader of that organization, Nancy Ween, uh, are two of the most effective leaders of an organization that is winning, winning, winning. And he's going to talk a little bit about that. Paul's been active with the Virginia Coalition for Human Rights since its founding. Uh, in 2016, he's active in a lot of other organizations working for peace and justice in the Middle East, uh, Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace, New Dominion PAC, the Arab, uh, excuse me, American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee, uh, the Arab American Democratic Caucus of Virginia. Uh, so he is a super activist who has lived and traveled extensively in the Middle East, Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon. So uh, with that, we're going to move to Paul Norsey. Thanks very much, Grant. Uh, Thanks, everyone, uh, for being here. This is a really great conference. I'm really honored and uh, uh, happy to be here. Um, So, yeah, in, in Virginia this year, there was another attempt to pass a bill that would basically suppress free speech by um, carving out an exception to the First Amendment in Virginia um, against uh, Palestinian human rights activists or anyone who speaks out for Palestinian rights or criticizes Israel. Basically, it was uh, House Bill 1161, HB 1161. It was called the, quote, Virginia Public Procurement Act, Required contract provisions, prohibition on participation in boycott of Israel. So it's carving out an exception for Israel from the First Amendment of our Constitution. And they've tried this before, actually, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. This bill uh, would have required all public bodies to include in every contract of more than $10,000 provisions to, quote, to prohibit, quote, participation in a boycott of Israel, its instrumentalities, or any of its territories while engaged in commercial activities pursuant to the terms of the contract. Those same provisions are passed on to, quote, every subcontract or purchase order of more than $10,000. So the provisions would have been binding on all, all subcontractors and vendors. <clears throat> so... This is clearly unconstitutional. It punishes, it it selects uh, uh, businesses that do business with the state government based on their political views. So uh, we we, uh, felt like we had to oppose it. It was important to oppose. Um, And and I did mention there were previous attempts to do the same thing. So there have been three previous direct legislative attempts to do something like this. There's been one indirect attempt, and um, there appears to be a fifth attempt brewing out of the state governor's office right now uh, that we're tracking. And I'll tell you a little bit about each of these. But they, they, these attempts, and they, they're basically 
being propagated all over the country. They've passed in, I think, over 30 states already. They're unconstitutional, so when they've been challenged in courts, they've been defeated. Um, but, you know, who wants to go to court? It, it shouldn't be passed in the first place. Uh, there's two varieties of these uh, attempts to suppress uh, advocacy for Palestinian rights. And one is to, like HB 1161, it just punishes people and organizations that participate in BDS, boycotts, divestment, and sanctions. The other uh, method they use uh, is to brand criticism of Israel as anti-Semitic. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, they're, they've tried both in Virginia, and they've, they're still trying both. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, the previous attempts that started all the way back in 2016, and that's when uh, the Virginia Coalition for Human Rights originally started, was to oppose that original attempt, which was, at the time, it was called House Bill 1282, and it was pretty much identical to HB 1161. So they just kind of pulled it from the shelf this year and, and reintroduced it. Uh, but back in um, in 2016, uh, based on our opposition, mem- members of the um, of our coalition, which at the time wasn't called Virginia Coalition for Human Rights, but uh, the same group of people. Uh, we opposed it. We went and met with members of the General Assembly and um, and attended committee meetings, etc. And and in an effort to pass it, despite the once you sh- once you shine a light on it, it becomes very obvious that it's unconstitutional. And, and a lot of General Assembly members would have would have voted for it without really knowing what it is. Just you know, oh yeah, I know that guy. He's he's introducing a bill. He voted for my bill. I'll vote for his. And they don't even really pay attention to it. So once you shine attention on it and you show that it's unconstitutional, people start, General Assembly members start having second thoughts. So because of that, in 2016, they changed, they amended the bill two or three times. It ultimately devolved into just creating basically a blacklist of uh, companies and people that are involved in boycotts and divestment. And even that failed ultimately, but that's what it devolved into. And an important point to note is when when they amended it to be a, basically a blacklist, they assigned the blacklist to be kept by an organization which many of us didn't know even existed within state government called the Virginia Israel Advisory Board. <laughs> so, and needless to say, like Grant mentioned, based on that, we ended up following up and finding out a lot more about that. And Gene and Gene will talk a little more about their activities later. but um, So other attempts uh, in Virginia also, uh, back in 2016, there was actually, in addition to a bill, there was a resolution. Now, a resolution isn't a law. It's just it's kind of a statement of the sense of the assembly. And it, so that same year, they, there was a re- resolution, HJ-177, in 2016, and it was, quote, expressing the sense of the General Assembly in condemning the Israel, the anti-Israel boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, unquote. This was basically a deceitful diatribe of hatred against peaceful BDS human rights movement. Uh, but it was just a statement and it had no legal impact, uh, but it did pass. 
Um, in 2017, um, there was a bill called HB 2261 introduced, and that would have redefined anti-Semitism to include criticism of Israel using the IHRA definition, um, which is a very questionable definition of anti-Semitism. Um, and, of course, anti-Semitism is a bad thing. We all oppose anti-Semitism, and it's illegal in Virginia. So if that bill had passed and anti-Semitism was defined to include criticism of Israel, then crit- legitimate political criticism would have become illegal. So we opposed it. And, by the way, also in 2016, the ACLU, um, American Civil Liberties Union, Virginia, um, uh, published letters opposing HB 1282 in 2016 and HB 2261 in uh, 2017. <clears throat> so uh, that leads me to the um, the current year. There, we, there's HB 1161, which has been defeated, and I'll tell you a little bit more about how we defeated it. But also there's a current executive order issued on day one of our new Republican governor's first day in office. He issued executive order number eight uh, called the Establishing the Commission to Combat Anti-Semitism. And in that executive order, it stipulates that they should use the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. So it doesn't bode well. It's just a commission at this point, and we're hoping that it – won't go off the cliff in the wrong direction, attacking free speech, but it's not a good start to start with that definition. Um, so we'll be watching it very closely and opposing it if it, if it attempts to uh, in, in, um, insert any uh, anti-free speech measures into state law. Um, so... Uh, who backs this kind of legislation? Um, well, starting in 2009, the Israeli Ministry of Strategic Affairs and Public Diplomacy was the original Israeli government ministry responsible for leading their international campaign against BDS human rights, against the BDS human rights movement and had a budget of tens of millions of dollars a day from way back then. So that was 2009, and by 2014, there were already legislations all over the country and various state legislatures um, basically trying to suppress uh, BDS. Uh, In Virginia, in 2016 through 2018, uh, HB 1282, HJ177, and HB 2261, which I just told you about, were all strongly supported by the Virginia Israel Advisory Board and the Jewish Community Relations Councils of Virginia. We suspect there was also support from national groups like APAC, but we don't have direct evidence of that. Um, the, uh, it, it, the HB 1161 this year was introduced by Delegate John McGuire, who is a delegate aspiring to go to Congress, who attended the pro-Trump rally on January 6, 2021, but denies participating in the subsequent attack on Capitol Hill. Uh, we had not, we have not seen any indication that the JCRCs lobbied in support of HB 1161 
Um, so I suspect that Delegate McGuire just pulled it off the shelf to attract APAC-affiliated contributions to his political war chest. Um, Executive Order Number 8, on the other hand, the um, Combating Anti-Semitism Commission using the IHRA definition, appears to be strongly supported by the JCRCs and, again, also possibly APAC and APAC affiliates. Um, At any rate, all of these attempts are clearly unconstitutional and antithetical to human rights, and that's why we're opposing them and lobbying against them. Um, So I'll just take a few minutes to talk about how we uh, oppose them. Um, First, first it was important to keep track of... um, of the bills that come up in in the General Assembly. It's not easy to keep track of them. In Virginia, there's um, an, a very useful tool called Lobbyist in the Box. It's actually on the General Assembly website, and you could sign up, and it'll give you alerts for keywords and things like that. So we, we tracked that, and uh, we were able to discover it as soon as it was, as soon as it was introduced. Um, <clears throat> And then we, we, we researched it. This was very easy research. It was, uh, very clear to us that it was almost exactly the same as the bill that had been introduced in, in, um, 2016. Uh, so it was, it wasn't hard to figure out that it was unconstitutional and all the same arguments that we leveraged in 2016 were applicable again this year. Um, after that we developed clear talking points, and a one-sheet position paper from Virginia Coalition for Human Rights. We also reached out to the American Civil Liberties Union of Virginia, and they published a letter which they distributed to all the members of the, of the committee uh, in the General Assembly that was going to first hear, hear the bill. Uh, we also got a letter from Palestine Legal, and they had seven other groups, including Center for Constitutional Rights, uh, ADC, and others, co-signing. Um, so we generated a lot of uh, publicity and attention to it. That's that's important because, again, if if nobody knows about it, people will just vote for it without really knowing what it is. Um, so, and once it was in committee, we monitored the agenda of the committee. It was, I think, the General Laws Committee in the House of Delegates, and they published their agenda usually the afternoon before they meet. And they met, I think, every Tuesday and Thursday this year. So Monday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon, we'd look at their agenda to see if this bill was on the agenda. And our... And when, when it did come up on the agenda, we showed up in force. We had more than 10 people. I think we had close to 15 people ready to testify against it. Um, now, leading up to that, before, before it went to committee, we also uh, got help from um, the U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights and Jewish Voice for Peace. We sent out action alerts. People sent emails. We created our own action alert that we had people write their own emails to to their General Assembly members. Uh, So we got a lot of attention against this, pointing out that it was wrong and we would want them to vote against it. Um, When we did get to, when it did come up on the agenda of the General Rules Committee, like I said, we were there probably about 15 of us. 
In addition to being there to testify in person, we also made comments on the website of the agenda. And this year, by the way, everything was um, virtual. Well, not everything, but everything was available virtually. So 15 of us might have been there on Zoom, and there were three of us that were actually there in person. Um, And so that, you know, so altogether we had probably over 15 people ready to testify in person or on Zoom. And I think based on that, for whatever reason, when it came up on the agenda, it was, quote, passed by. So they didn't, they basically put it aside. I think it was because they saw there was so much, so many people there ready to testify against it. You know, I mean, for one thing, they don't want to, you know, waste, uh, you know, if they give each person a minute, that's 15, 20 minutes of a one-hour meeting, you know, they don't want their meeting to go on forever. And it was clearly unconstitutional, and, and you know, knowing that, It's not a battle they wanted to have. So I think for those reasons, it was just dropped, and it was never picked up again this year. So in that way, it was defeated. Um, And and I'd add one more thing that we've been doing every year, and I recommend doing this in every state, is have a coalition like this that just has a day or two where you go to the General Assembly or by Zoom calls, and have meetings and advocate for things that are important. And we had already planned that from December, really, that we were going to have an advocacy day, or days in this case, two days, Thursday and Friday, where we set up a bunch of meetings. We had, uh, we met, we, we ended up meeting with 30 members of the General Assembly, um, to let them know that we're against this bill in this case. And, and we had those meetings we were already planning them before we even heard about the bill. Uh, but anyway, that's in a nutshell uh, how we defeated it. And I think I'll end here, uh, and later we can answer questions if we need to. Thank you. Excellent. So he is going to answer questions um, in a bit. 